The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Kat Roman Kostruski. Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a crushing episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 688, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, I would like to bring you a Valentine message sponsored by True Call Coffee. It goes like this. My dearest Jorge, my love for you is hotter than a church in Norway. XO, XO, Kristen. <laughs> so, oh, True Call Coffee brings couples together. It's hot. It's spicy. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there. Subscribe. Not only are you going to get great coffee every month, you will get music every month. And that's why we play music every week, because there's always something fun. The True Call Coffee is fun turn on mandatory metal. That's right. So, happy Valentine's Day, dear snowman. How's it going? Dude, I lose you. Snowy? Snowy? Yeah, sorry. Okay. I got yeah, the, the last thing I, I heard you say was um, that that's why we play music every week. Okay, well, and then I said, happy Valentine's Day, Snowy. How are you doing? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I conked out there. Hello, hello. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. Um, I would be, I just finished a cup of True Cavalt coffee, which I definitely needed on this cold winter canadian winter winter night oh oh geez just just trying to get home oh it was it was rough and it was tumble but i made it i got myself i you know i i got caffeinated with true cavalt and now i'm doing something a little bit different i didn't have time or the inclination to stop at the liquor store okay but um one of the things like i wanted to have a couple belts tonight 
considering what we're going to be talking about and all that, I figured, oh, it's very, it's kind of a, we're, we're going to have, you know, it, this is going to be kind of a party episode, right? So I wanted to have, I wanted to have a couple shots with it with, 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 while we're doing this tonight. But the only thing that I had in the house was after my dad left us, you know, I kind of raided his liquor cabinet. And the only thing that I've got left from it is this big bottle of tequila. And I'm not really a tequila guy, so I really don't know. You know, I'm kind of experimenting to what to mix it with here and all that. And I'm, you know, it's so far so good. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be having a... Uh, Having a good time tonight. What 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 are you enjoying? I am drinking the last, and I do mean the last, of my Metallica blackened whiskey. Ah. I've, I've got a couple of lemmies that I mixed up with that whiskey, and um, I am sad to see that bottle go. But I am taking my whiskey journey, continue it this year, and trying more things. I'm going to head back over to Japan and try some more uh, whiskeys there. But I can tell you, um, so far, like the Metallica whiskey is my favorite American whiskey. Right on, right I, on. I definitely I, want to try. It, dude. It, it's just the flavors. Because I was trying it with, you know, obviously with, with Coke for Lemmy's, but I was mixing it with other things that I had around the house and trying different cocktails, and it just mixed up so well. Like it. It just pairs so well flavor flavor wise with other things. I'm like, man, this is great. So yeah. That blackened American whiskey, man. Um, I I cannot recommend it highly enough. And it's gotta be because they play Metallica music to it. It's sonically enhanced, remember. There we go. <laughs> it, yeah, it really like... is. Like that that's the joke. Cause I was telling one of my coworkers about it when we were talking about whiskey. And she was like, is it really? I'm like, oh, yeah. That's the news. She's like, oh, I've got to try this. I'm like, it's really good. Like, despite the gimmick, it's really good. <laughs> you know? Right. Right, right. It's kind of apropos um, that I should be drinking my dad, the last of my dad's liquor here. Because today, as we speak, will is my parents' heavenly anniversary today oh happy anniversary yeah yeah like i said though our longtime listeners will know both my mom and dad are no longer with us but yes today is their anniversary so um happy anniversary to them and thanks dad i'm enjoying your tequila right now as well um I just found this out today, but uh, like I said, as we speak, today is National Guitarist Day. Yes, it is. Uh, (laughs) I meant to mention that today. Okay. All right. Yeah, I kind of figured, yeah, that's definitely something that you would... like, Like, every day is something you know everyone oh yes claims something, and if I'm not on Facebook that morning or whatever, I kind of miss what that that day is i guess maybe i should be a little more proactive in that but it was a pleasant surprise you know considering we were recording that it's not natural national guitarist day right on right on but unfortunately before we get on with tonight's uh, mandatory metal segment courtesy of true cavalt coffee i kind of got some bad news 
Okay. Remember, and I've spoken about this place many, many times, but um, one of the very first, when I moved to Winnipeg here in 1985, one of the very first places that I went out and saw, okay, was a place called Dominion News. It was this really, it's this really cool newsstand that just every, just oh, oh, over the years, okay, very rarely was, did I, did I ever miss a week where I wasn't in there, okay, and I bought so many metal and wrestling and horror film magazines, just, oh, just over the years, I'm teen, this was one of my regular haunts, okay. Heard the bad news yesterday that it is closing on on the twenty fourth. Oh man! Like this is a piece of my life going away. You know, this is just a huge part of my life for you know ever since like like I said ever since nineteen eighty five, and just oh, oh that's too bad. So um, yeah, I'm gonna make sure that I get in there a couple more times. Just you know. Just for for the sake of it, you need the, to find a piece of the place like, that you can take with you. Yeah, <laughs> like I some should. tile, part of the yeah. counter, door I handle. Should. I, I, I should ask them if yeah, if there was something for sure. For sure, I remember when and our longtime listeners, you know, I always raved about the 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 venue here, the zoo. Yes. When it was closing down, okay, <laughs> and and Dave, the owner, okay, <laughs> yeah, I remember him, and I'm lo- I'm look I'm looking around and I'm looking for stuff, a chair, a picture on the wall or anything, and, and Dave's like, no, Snowy, everything here is part of the sale. <laughs> keep your keep your meat hooks off of everything. Oh, come on, no, I need something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe for Dominion News, it's definitely something I should do, and then not not just for me. Like this has been a mainstay in the downtown area, you know, for long before 1985. So it's definitely a piece of the city going away. It's just that's. Our, and it's just it's kind of indicative about what downtown Winnipeg is like these days. Like it's it's almost a ghost town unless you're down there for a specific reason. Yeah. OK, you're not down there. And the majority of the business that this like it's it's a newsstand. OK. Uh, majority of their stuff is um, bus tickets, lottery cigarettes oh yeah yeah. drink drinks candies snacks and all all that and at one time when magazines were being sold you know hand over fist it was they had a huge magazine selection as well well the the magazine selection with every year once you know the internet really started to kick in and all that it just the magazine selection started getting less and less and less and it got to the point where it was basically all of their business was probably just people in the morning transferring downtown buying their their cigarettes and the newspaper and snacks and whatnot and with less and less people transferring downtown there's just just not the business there 
it's any, a bummer. It's, it's, it really is too bad. Like this is, this you know, it, it'll always be a special place. Like I, I remember, it was one of the haunts as well that we would go when Mrs. Snowy and I, when we were just dating and we would blow off school for the afternoon and we'd hit the record shops downtown and well we got to run into dominion and see what new magazines are out and all that and yeah i'm just glad we i was able to uh bring my daughter there a few times over the years yeah you, know? you gonna get there this weekend you think um, this weekend or yeah, at, at some point in the next in the next couple of weeks, I I I, I got to get there. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, hopefully, um, so yeah, that's kind of it. I'm ready to rock and roll and get on with everything now. With this episode, we're just a couple of days before Valentine's Day. Okay, and well, as we record, as as we're recording, yeah, it's a uh, four or five days after the fact, but once once this goes to air, but it's around this time that we always had we've had the tradition for a number of years now of doing our Valentine's Day massacre episode, where it's basically our anti Valentine's Day. With the with the uh, the the selection of music definitely would um, would show that, and just kind of the stuff that we spoke about were a little risque, shall we say, that you generally wouldn't want to talk about, and it made for very fun episodes. Just unfortunately, those episodes really only worked with our former co-hosts, hostesses. Kareen and or Sky, who they are no longer doing this show with us and all that. So while I was kind of planning this year's Valentine's Day Massacre, I thought, well, you know what? Without them, it really doesn't work. I'm just not feeling this idea anymore. But, but we still wanted to do something valentine's day related and you came up with this great idea for the discussion and what you recently saw which i'm guess you're chawing at the bit to get to oh, so yeah, i can't wait to talk about that <clears throat> what what we're going to do is yeah we're kind of going to keep it valentine's day adjacent without making it an official valentine's day massacre to get us off and going um, unfortunately, we, um, oh, shit. Can you pause this for a sec? Um, oh, just get, keep talking. You can edit okay. it. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll edit it. No, I'm, oh, God damn it. I, what happened? Well, there was actually someone passed away. Okay. Here, here, here it is. Okay. We're we're gonna have to do a dedication. Okay. You know, like as soon as we're done, this if, gotcha. if, if we can do it, so we don't forget. Okay. Unfortunately, as you heard at, at the top of the hop, we lost one Roman Kozuski. God, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he is the main man behind Pol- '80s Polish Thrashers Cat. 
K-A-T. Unfortunately, Mr. Kazuski left us yesterday as we speak, and um, I thought maybe it'd be very apropos in this week's True Cavalt Coffee presents a mandatory metal. I'd never even heard of Cat until I had met my former co-host and the individual who we put this show together with. He's Polish. He's originally from Poland. And when I met him, he had this huge collection of Cat records and 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 cassettes and it's like oh i've never heard of this band let's let's check this out and it was some pretty cool stuff so yeah to hear that that roman had passed away that was just yeah that's too bad we're going to have to do something for him so with that in mind this week's mandatory metal segment this is the title track from cat's 1988 record Metal and Hell. Come <laughs> on. 
we've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Oh, hey, dude. I got a fresh tequila here in my Buffy the Vampire Slayer mug. What's going on? All right. So, Pam and Tommy. Um, oh, 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 that's right. Yeah. Pam, Pam and Tommy uh, dropped, I guess, last week is when it started on Hulu. Um, but we're going to hold that discussion till later, right? Okay. Okay. So, sure. so that that was the big, big thing. Like, I, I forgot it was launching, and then I watched it, and... There are four episodes. I couldn't stop. Like, and, and we'll we'll talk about that. Um, I've got some great news for the show. Mm. So check this out. So if you remember a few years back, uh, casket robbery made their way mm. through South Carolina here, and mm-hmm. I sat down, literally sat down on the street with Megan of Casket Robbery, the vocalist, and interviewed her for the show. Well, she has just joined the Monster Factory roster um, as a voice artist. So you can actually, you know, if you're looking for like monster voiceovers, that sort of stuff, you can actually go out and hire Megan for your project. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that. Good for her, yeah. And check this out. This year on Record Store Day, Kirk Hammett is releasing his first solo project. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I don't quite know exactly what it's all about, but I, I saw a quick headline, and I thought, I got to get in on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's an instrumental project. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was called Currents or Tides or something with water. Right. Um, when I was pretty pretty excited about that. So, yeah, I'm I'm really, I mean, I'm looking forward to Record Store Day every year, but obviously now I know what's at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. I want to pick that up. And that, here's the best thing, right? So, remember when Senjutsu released and I felt so guilty because the vinyl that I wanted was at Walmart? Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I ended up buying it from Walmart rather than my local store because my local store was sold out anyway. Or I would have bought it from there first. Right. But what I love is that you know Walmart would love to get their hooks in something like this. Right? Mm-hmm. Something exclusive so they can be like, oh, look, we have something for a band that size like Metallica. And I love that they're staying true to who they are and it's going to the indie record stores first. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, like that just makes my day. I think that's so wonderful. Yeah, obviously mm-hmm. they're going to sell it on Metallica.com as well. But mm-hmm. still, the indie record stores get first crack, and that's fantastic. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. Because yeah. that's where I'll be, Record Store Day. Hell yes. Yeah, um, I haven't heard anything. I guess sooner or later, the list has to start coming out, right? Because we got to start making our shopping lists. Yeah, yeah, they're already announcing. Uh, I can't remember who it is, but it's like this band is this year's ambassador to oh, it is the Canadian ambassador. record store. Yeah, I think it was just the Canadian one has been announced. Oh, it's probably Rush. Well, <laughs> no, I think I think that I would remember. I'm just teasing. Okay, what else is going on? All right, so the other thing is I've been taking... Oh, it's Taylor Swift is the Record Store Day ambassador. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know who the Canadian one is then. Well, she's the global one. That's what it says oh, okay. here. So, 
yeah. But uh-huh. anyway, um, so I um I I bought a drum course a while back. Um, and I have been going through that with logic and I am finally learning how to like really program realistic sounding drums. Like it, 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 I have good samples. I have great sounds, but when I would program it, it still sounds like a machine and, um, a few simple techniques and like, cause I'm barely halfway through this, this course and a few simple techniques. I'm like, wow, like this sounds real. Like really real, like I, like I'm getting the things out in my head. So, I got to give a shout out to that guy. His name is Henning Polly, and um, he has a YouTube channel. It's called HP42, but he spells H with like E Y T I C H. He has like one of those crazy phonetic kind of spelling things. Um, but dude. This guy, if you can check him out on YouTube, you got to check him out. He's this crazy German guy. And I want to say he got his his career started over here in the States. Like he went to one of the schools over here, worked in L.A. for a little bit, then made his way back to Germany. And he, you know, he produces music now. He's like almost like a full-time YouTuber producing stuff there, reviewing gear and tips and tricks. This drum course is just phenomenal. Like he... He gets so in-depth into all these little things that I never understood. And so um, I spent like the last week, I finally paused the course and was just trying to build my own drum maps like he talks about. Because I'm using a different software than he's using. And so I'm like, okay, how do I make this stuff work? And so um, I did. And it's been a, um, oh, it's been a journey. But man, is it fun now. It's totally different. Right on. Yeah, right it's on. good stuff. All right, and then last, and certainly not least, um, I need to send uh, some condolences to um, friends of mine, my friends Mark, Micah, and Kristen. Uh, their father passed away recently. Mm, sorry. And um, Mark is probably my longest-running friend. Like I think we knew each other at like 8 and 10 um maybe even Mm -hmm. younger than that because i'm not sure how many years are between us but we've been getting into trouble for years Mm -hmm. um you know like we we would sneak out of church make hot chocolate sneak back up to church you know that sort of stuff (laughs) you're an animal (laughs) well that's how it started (laughs) i thought you were about okay okay because i thought you were about to say yeah i i I took a flask to church and me and mark that was much later (laughs) okay that was much later we made hot chocolate trust me listen in the 80s at that time trust me like that was like a big deal (laughs) you know but um, the, the, the big thing here is so um, Mark's dad uh, was a bass player, you know, mm-hmm. and when I wanted to start playing bass, my parents called um, his dad. They're like, hey, Craig, what do we do here? Aaron wants to start playing bass. We're looking at these different, different bases. You know, what do you recommend? Where should we spend the money? Like, like we don't know anything about this. And he's the one who told them, um, he's like, go get the Fender P bass. Cause they are, you know, we're looking at a bunch of different things and he's like, if you get that P bass, he's like, it's a quality instrument. It's going to last, you know, he'll have it the rest of his life. 
And um, I do. Like, it's in the room here with me right now. You know, that's uh, well over 30-some years ago at this point. Um, So, yeah, you know, like, uh, Craig had a big influence on on my playing life, you know, uh, albeit indirectly, but, yeah. And then, you know, um, Mark was also a bass player, and, yeah. Um, And so... (laughs) Mark and I have a very different sense of humor than most people. Um, Because, you know, I found out his dad passed, and I'm like, hey, you okay? I said, what do you need? He's like, well, uh, you want to go out and steal something? (laughs) I'm like, if that's what you need, (laughs) need. we'll go do it. (laughs) You know? Because that's just the kind of trouble we've gotten into over the years, you know, stupid things. And then um, I told him, I'm like, you know what you need to do? I said, you need to put your dad's bass rig up at the front of the church like they did with Lemmy. And, ah. and he's going to do it. Right on. And, and I'm like, this is fantastic. And then today on one of the social media accounts, um, and I sent this to Mark as well, um, I found this picture. It's like, it's the tr- typical picture of Jesus and everybody's around him. Like, you know, Mary Magdalene, disciples, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody's seen this, but Jesus is very large and in the middle of the hands out, the classic Jesus pose, right? Right. And um, (laughs) Jesus is labeled bass player. And then everybody else is like drummer, vocalist, guitarist, (laughs) all that sort of stuff. (laughs) And I said to Mark, I'm like, you need to print this out and put it at the front of church tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Put it up there for your dad. (laughs) Yeah. You know how you're always saying um, that we've, we, you and I, on the other side of the continents, we've kind of run down a lot of the same roads over the years? Yeah. Okay. My oldest friend who I met was, I was about eight years old. His name is Mark. Oh, shit. We had him on the show. We had him on the show last year. We had his son on as well. Okay, and I remember in his teens, he took up the bass. Ha! <laughs> As you're telling me this, this, wow. all, this all came all flooding back. It's like, holy jeez, when he says we run these parallel courses, he wasn't kidding. And of course, give my condolences to Mark and his siblings and all that for the loss. That's um, too bad. He sounds like he was an amazing man. Yeah, yeah, he was all right. He was all right. Right on, right on. But that's all I got. What's going on with you? Okay, well, for myself, before I get into that, I just poured another... I just poured another tequila here, and I just kind of remembered... You ever had an upside-down margarita? Never in my life. I have had a prairie fire. Oh, okay. What's a prairie fire? So a prairie fire is for people that really hate themselves. And um, what (laughs) you do is you um, take a shot of tequila, but then you put Tabasco sauce on that. Oh, oh, that's brutal. Yes. Oh, no thanks. No thanks. An upside down margarita. And I used to, oh, I used to, like, we went to this one club Okay, on a Friday, Friday or Saturday night, and it was, yeah. it, it it was more of a meat market. Even though I was with Mrs. Snowy, we we were dating and all that. But was she renting you, know, you out? Uh, She's trying to sell you. 
She's pimping she's you. Tried, she was trying to get rid of me. Yeah, no, and it it just never happened. No, you know, I my buddies liked to go there, and the first the like beers were only a buck for the first couple hours after opening and all that. And that was when there was only a handful of hard, hard rockers there at that time. So they, they would play the have the heavier stuff, you know, for those first couple hours. And then all the normies all started to pile in and the bands playing were jukebox bands. Gotcha. Okay. And it's, it's not really a club that I generally like to go to and all that, but all right cheap beer that's where my buddies are fine okay that's where i was introduced to upside down margarita okay which is basically this tequila shot with a lime chaser and all that and it's like oh i tell you oh margarita she was a bitch to me more than one night that's for damn sure so i'm gonna be taking it a little easier with uh tequila here because it's just just not my thing. One of the things, though, that is my thing is da, 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 the new, new Disciple magazine. The new <laughs> Decibel. The new, the, the, new de, the new Decibel came in. And apparently this is the last issue of my subscription. I've been getting the notices saying, hey, you want to re-up? You're almost done. And, you know, we want you back. This is what you're going to miss and all that. So I was at work when it arrived. I got home the other day and it was just waiting for me. Mrs. Snowy went to the mail and grabbed it. Okay. Oh, awesome. Then my last decibel is here. Excellent. The reaction from my beautiful wife is, yeah, you better hurry up and resubscribe. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, whoa. Okay, can I marry you again? <laughs> when when can we renew our vows? Because if you're gonna bust my chops about something, let it be about renewing my decibel, my disciple subscription. That's awesome, dude. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And what's awesome is this new issue on the the cover is what's going to be upcoming the uh, Disciple Magazine Tour 2022 with Obituary Municipal Waste, Gate Creeper, Enforced, and Spirit World. And once again, I'm going over, I'm just, just by looking at the cover, and I got it in my hot little fist here, and I'm just looking at all the bands that are in this issue. Okay. We got Voivod. Had them on the show. Obituary, had obituary on a couple times, Municipal Waste, we had Tony Foresta on a number of times. Um, also in this are the Scorpions, we've had, you know, James Kotak from the Scorpions, and, um, oh, Schenker. Oh, Michael Schenker. No, no. Rudolf Schenker. no. Those Shit. are the only two shankers I know about. Okay, the um, the other oh, oh Roth Uli John Roth. He's not a shanker. No, I know. I I I I got them mixed up. <laughs> former Scorpion. I know Uli John it's, Roth, it's, Rudolph right, Shanker. Yes. Totally the same yeah. thing. I can Tony, see. Tony. I can see how you made the mistake yes. there. I got them all mixed up. I kind of <laughs> had that part. But anyways, we had we had Uli John Roth on. 
And I'm sure when he comes back to town, which considering it was a sold out show, you know, whenever he crosses into Canada, I'm sure he'll want to come back and we'll have him on again. Hip- hypocrisy are in this issue. We've we've had them on Wake, the grindcore band out of out of Canada here. We've had them on. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's just another one of those issues where it's like holy shit. Sometimes Disciple Magazine is like the, the, the radioactive metal program, shall we say. So I'm really excited about that. Haven't been able to uh, dive into that. But this weekend, for sure, um, let's get into some tunes here. A really cool record that came across my desk. Speaking about radioactive metal alum metal blade records it sh- this should be available by the time you hear this have released the new record from a legion their new record Adanum, should be like i said available now good good progressive thrash we've had the band on before and the next time they come through town we should have them on again again let's uh let's go some tunes now first single off of that awesome new record this is a legion with into embers
something to get excited about a new ep from abysmal dawn from the nightmare frontier released that is black in the sky and march 12th one month from now as we speak obscura is going to be coming through town and we've had them on the show before okay um, really looking forward to that show, especially because Abysmal Dawn were supposed to be the main support on that tour. And then we got the crushing news that AD just isn't making it after all. It's like, no, 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 no. Because I'm not going to say how or why, because it's kind of behind the scenes stuff. But Radioactive Metal is connected okay, to Abysmal Dawn. Okay, good good friends of the show, and we work with them, or we did at one at one point. So I was really looking forward to meeting with them and hanging out with them and all that good stuff. But unfortunately, uh, it it is what it is. Hopefully, 
abysmal dawn can make their way up here sometime soon and we can do all that so you're gonna make me feel better right now and tell me what's uh going on in your gray matter here that you're dying to get out all right so pam and tommy it's a hulu series at least here in the states i don't know where, where it is anywhere else but um and Spoiler alert, because Snowy said he doesn't mind if I spoil things for him. So, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to speak very freely about this. So, if you haven't watched episodes one through four, and you don't want to know what's going on, um, skip, fast forward, whatever, right? Right. You know, pause this, go watch them real quick. But, so... stick your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. How's that? Yeah, that'll work. I think that'll work. But, so... Um, dear snowman, I am certain you are familiar with one very famous sex tape that appeared in the nineties featuring Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Okay. Can I lie? Yes. Okay. Then I've never seen it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm, convincing. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a very good liar. So I convincing. Just, I love it. I'm but... not very good at, I, I have seen it. I don't remember a whole hell of a lot about it. It was just one of those, okay, It just one of those things to see. It was the same thing with the John Wayne Bobbitt. Uh, oh, movie. Frank and Penis. Yeah. I never yeah. saw that one. Yeah, right after she she cut Bobbitt's you-know-what off and threw it away. Yeah. And it was, it was Lemmy that found it in the movie. <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> oh, my God, that's a dick. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. So it was just one of those movies that it's like, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. This was back when there were the back rooms. Yeah. You know, and Mrs. Snowy used to work in a video store and she had a back room. So every once in a while I would go in there and check and see, you know, what, what, what's new. Okay. Maybe I'm going to want to check this out. I'll never forget the time my daughter who was, maybe about 10 years old at the time. Yeah. A- asking us what's in that room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and her mom just took a cue from the Simpsons and said, oh, those movies are for mummies and daddies who love each other very much. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's, and that, that was good enough. That was good enough for her. Oh, okay, well, it's not it's not for me, and she fortunately she just let it go. I think I think now that she's an adult, oh my little girl is going to be thirty next month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think by now she's kind of figured out what was in that back room. Oh yeah. <laughs> that room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's I. That's where I saw it from. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and, and you're making me think, like, remember back in the, in the 80s and 90s where, you know, a, adult films always had to have, like, a story or a gimmick or a theme? Like, um, one of the most famous ones that a, um, uh, a buddy of mine had was called Dick Man and Throbin. Fuck. That's oh. so bad, but I think I want to see it. Oh, you have to, because they because say things I'm like, holy tight twats, Dick Man. <laughs> like it was it was it's phenomenal like it's so much fun like you're watching it's like what is happening here and it's it's so yeah yeah it's it's so over the top cheesy it's fantastic 
Right on. Right? Anyway. I'm, I'm a big Batman mark. So oh, yeah. This then is you something. have to see this one. Uh, okay. I, yeah. I think I think it's actually John Holmes, isn't it? Oh fuck, really? Yeah. I mean it's John Holmes. <laughs> Come on. Okay. You've seen this, Boogie Nights. You can see you know who John Holmes is. Is that Sherlock's brother? Yeah, yeah, Sherlock's brother, John. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, you know, in the 90s, in the late 90s, Tommy, um, Pam, Pam and Tommy's uh, sex tape was leaked and sold on the internet. And it was kind of a big deal for them. And what's funny is I remember them both handling it pretty well. Like, I remember them being kind of pissed, but they handled it pretty well. I remember Howard Stern talking about it because, of course, he gets it and they're watching on the air. And um, And I, you know, remember when I finally saw it. Uh, I agreed, but everyone's like, holy cow, Tommy has a huge dick. This is, this is our next watch along. That's it. <laughs> you know what? That would be fun. Uh, like that, that would be pretty fun. Cause I'm it, that, yeah, the commentary we'd have on that one. But I mean, I remember just thinking, I'm like, he's this big skinny dude and he has a huge penis, uh-huh. you know? Um, and so, you know, because he's like honking the boat horn with it and all that sort of stuff, you know, because it's 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 a home movie. They're just having fun. They're being goofy, you know. Right. right. Um, nobody else was ever supposed to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, Pam and Tommy is basically covering that story. Right. Like it, it kind of talks about their whirlwind romance and getting married the, the tape and then the tape getting stolen. So it's got all these things going on. Um, are you familiar with Seth Rogen, the actor? Uh, yeah, he's mall cop or no, no, that was Kevin James was Paul Blart mall cop. Uh, yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen would have been, um, knocked up. Um, he was also in the 40 year old version, but he wasn't the main character. um, Zach and Mary yeah. make a porno. No, it's no. Maybe maybe you see a picture of him. Uh, yeah, you you definitely recognize him. You saw a picture of him, but I I love the guy. Everything I've seen him in, he's really good. You know, and uh, so he actually plays Rand, the guy that steals the videotape. And um, it's it's interesting because is is episode one, you really sympathize with the guy that steals the tape. You're like, yeah. You should have sold that stuff. Tommy's being an absolute dick, you uh-huh. know. And then by episode two, you you, you know you start to start to see some more things with with um, Pam and Tommy. So um, episode one really focuses on you know like Rand why the tape was stolen that sort of stuff. Episode two focuses on before they even get there and. That's, you know, Pam and Tommy meeting, the marriage, the whirlwind romance, all this sort of stuff, you know. Right. Um, the thing that I love, love about this is if I ask you, what did you see Tommy Lee wearing most in the 90s? What would you have told me? <sighs> in the 90s? Yeah. I uh, I can't even really begin to so I, I'm trying to place crew in the 90s well just think of any crew live show by by 91 okay well, I'm seeing 
big hair. Uh-huh. I'm seeing an upside down drum kit. Yes. Um, I think he had wore like a jock strap. Uh, pretty much. Like leopard skin bikini underwear. Pretty much all the time. Right. Right. right? Yeah. And that's pretty much all he wore through the 90s. Like if if you look at interviews and all sorts of stuff, like he was always just in the bikini underwear. You know, whether he was playing a show or whatever, like he never really wore clothes. Um, certainly he didn't wear a shirt once uh, once that, that, you know, the 90s hit. But um, they really stay true to the character. And the actor playing Tommy is pretty much naked the entire time. <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, because he's walking around the house talking to the contractors that are doing work on the place. And, you know, he's just there in his banana hammock. You know, and I'm like, I love this, right? And then episode two is my absolute favorite because um, Tommy is standing completely naked, looking at himself in the mirror, having a conversation with his penis. <laughs> oh, God. And the best part is they animate the penis so it's moving and talking back to him. Oh, wow. Uh, this needs to win an Emmy for that episode alone, <laughs> right? Because think about it. How often do we see female nudity in any program like this is like made specifically for the internet? Oh, yeah. Pretty much all of them, of right? Course. Like, like if, if, they, if they can, they're going to show a naked woman somehow, right? Mm-hmm. How often do we see naked men? Pretty much never. Well, yeah, that goes back to what we were saying a couple episodes ago about what's the the most taboo form of nudity that's full frontal male. Yeah, yeah, and so th- this just tackles it because again, there's you're staying true to the character of Tommy Lee because he, I mean, one, he's always been a well built man, but he certainly wasn't shy in the '90s, you know. No, I guess not. So, um, so you see his dick a lot, <laughs> like a lot. Now, I'm curious to know if it's a prosthetic on the actor, like how they did it, um, you know, or is the actor really this hung? But like, also, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the the, the Pam and Tommy tape, but I don't think the dick was as big as what I remember Tommy's being. You know, so, okay. so that, that's why I'm like, is it a prosthetic? Is it the actor like how are they doing it? But all that sort of stuff. Um, but he has this whole talk with his dick and his dick's like, dude, what are you doing? We're not fucking this girl. He's like, no, man, I'm in love with her. He's like, come on, we could be fucking Denise Richards right now. Like, and, and like his penis is like listing off all these women. He's like, no, man, no, Pam, she's amazing. I'm in love. And, and that's the thing is like, it really is a love story. And I'm watching this unfold, and you're watching this love story, and it hits me that Pam and Tommy are the modern-day Sid and Nancy. Yeah, I would think, yeah, fortunately no one's dead. Well, thankfully. But, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but just like that crazy volatileness, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it goes back and forth, and you, you get more of the backstory on the guy Rand that stole the tape, and turns out he worked in porn, and they even show like like a scene like one of his porn scenes, where um this actress like um she's supposed to do an anal scene. They're like, well, the sheriff called off, so you're gonna have to go with the deputy. And the guy drops his pants. She's like, that dick is not going in my ass. 
<laughs> and she's like, no. And he's like, I'm sorry. It's the best we can do. And sure enough, she's like, there has to be somebody here with a smaller dick. And then she smiles and turns and looks at Seth Rogen's character. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what? And then next thing you know, he's fucking her in the ass. And it's, it's hysterical. Wow. You know? um, so, and, and that's the thing is like, so if, if you've ever seen Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. um, this series is, is kind of like a Boogie Nights light a little bit because it's got some of that intense seedy underbelly of the LA porn world, you know, mm-hmm. going on. And, and there are parts that are going to make you cringe. But then here's the thing that I really, really appreciate that they've tackled so far. So, Pam Anderson, why do we know her? What's she famous for? Well, her big blonde hair, or big tits. Or... Well, yeah, right? She, she has been objectified since the early, what, late 80s, early 90s when she hit Playboy? Yeah. Bay and then Watch. Baywatch, right? So, you know... I always knew that, you know, obviously she's on that show for how she looks. She knows she's on that show for how she looks. Um, she's very aware of her her beauty and things. And when you see her in her interviews, you would think that she was okay with it. They had this great scene where she's at home practicing with Tommy for this monologue she's supposed to get in Baywatch. And he's like, oh, babe, you killed it. Like, this is great. Like, I'm so proud of you. You know, it, it's really, really loving couple stuff, you know. And then she goes... And finds out that they cut her monologue. And, and they're like, why? Like, oh, we just think it's going to be better for this. And then you see these three male directors staring at a camera or, or a video monitor because the camera's on her ass. And they're telling the guy, they're like, nope, um, too much butt cheek. The sensors are going to flag us. And they're like perfecting how the wedgie looks. Okay. And she's just standing there. And the look on her face is so well done. Just like, oh, God, is this over yet? You know, just, just they really show the objectification there and just what she had to endure for that. Mm-hmm. And, and we never saw that side, right? We always saw the happy, smiling, sunny Pam on the thing. Oh, yeah, it's all great. And you see this like the thing like, oh, she's disgusted. And she wants to be a serious actress. She's practicing. She's trying to hone her craft. And, you know, these dudes only want her for her tits. So, well, yeah, that's too bad. That's... Yeah, yeah, but Ed, I really appreciate that they tackle tackle that side of the story. You know, that's kind of that's that's we need to see more stuff like that because we go back to the Harvey Weinstein thing we've talked about on the show. Whenever it's oh, like, oh, shit, I can't yeah. believe that was happening. I'm like, how did you not know? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's nice to see things like this and be like, oh fuck, yeah, look at this. But so. That, but then here's, this is my absolute favorite part. So not what I'm about to say, but how it ends up is what the favorite part is. So Pam and Tommy are trying to get pregnant. Um, They end up at the hospital. She loses the baby. Mm -hmm. Right now in the nineties, remember like the paparazzi were always up in people's faces. And if they could get somebody to be violent, the better, right? Cause that, Mm -hmm. that sold. So and 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 they're they're kind of dancing around that with there's people on Tommy's property and he's throwing stuff at him and you know he goes after the cameraman and um they're driving back from the hospital the paparazzi are just chasing them finally Tommy just snaps he jams on the brakes on the car cuts in front of the the paparazzi guy 
gets out of the car, starts to shout at him. But here's the best part. Pam, because of everything she's going through, like, uh, because she, she's also found out about this tape, right? So she's found out about the tape. She's freaking out about the tape. She feels completely violated, right? Like she has no mm-hmm. privacy left. Grabs, I don't know if you remember, like the club security system, grabs that from the car and just lays into the paparazzi's car, just smashes the shit out of it. <laughs> and you just uh, see this rage. And I'm just, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, good for you. Like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you need to get that out, right? And then the paparazzi pulls off. Tommy's just watching the whole thing. And then, like, he just grabs her and they just kiss. And it's just so sweet. Like, that's the Sid and Nancy moment, you know? Right. Right, right. This is actually kind of a cautionary tale about, and I, I don't want to say don't do it when you're a couple and, you know, people like to do risque and sexy things with each other and all that. But another part of me wants to say, like, with, with the way things are with the internet and the cloud and all that, like, uh, like this... Is it a real smart idea to be taking nudes of yourself and getting it into the cloud where it can be hacked and all that? Like we've had a number of oh yeah of the female professional wrestlers that have had their stuff hacked. You know, meanwhile she took nude selfies for her boyfriend and all that, and then they get out there. Yeah, there was a professional wrestler her her sex tape made got out there as well. Now she's she's not able to to, to cash in on this, yeah. Like, like 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 Tom and Pam did, and all that. But it's just I don't want to say don't do it because they're the victims. But I'm just saying if I was a celebrity or or whatnot, or Mrs. Snowy was the celebrity and all that, we wouldn't be doing anything like this, just on the chance that it would happen. You know. Yeah. That's just that's just my my take on it. Well, no, you're right, and that's where, like, I'm so thankful that I didn't grow up in the age of everything can be posted and before you can blink. That's right. <laughs> because I mean, yeah, the amount no, of time no, I true. spent naked in public, <laughs> you <right>. know. <clears throat> no, no one has proof of our dumbassery. In yeah, like, like, and and the best part is like people look at me now. Nobody believes these stories. I'm like. <laughs> Good. There's only five people that really know for sure, uh, <laughs> you no. know. In, instead of uh, no, no that person didn't. Oh, sure. Let me pull this up on Instagram. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, are you enjoying the show so far? Oh, it's fantastic. Like I, I could not stop watching it. I can't wait till um till the next couple episodes till it finishes up because it's just the things they previewed. It's very, very interesting. Um, because Tommy, Tommy said to Pam, he's like, well, come on. It's not like people haven't seen you naked before. And she got pissed. She's like, Tommy, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's, it's one thing when it's on her term. She's like, that was our private tape, you know? That's right. And that's essentially right. that's what, um, like they're, they're talking to somebody like in a courtroom or something like that, or like, like a lawyer's office. And like, well, you know, you've posed naked before. It's like, oh. What? So since I've done it once, then now it's always fair game? Like, what the hell? You know, and it yeah. it brings up great, 
great points, you know? So yeah, it's pretty fantastic. And, um, the, the biggest thing is it really capture captures the over the top character that Tommy Lee was throughout the nineties, you know, cause he, he really, he was really over the top. No, oh, definitely. Just so over the top. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What, what about music wise with this? So, oh, okay. So, um, I, I don't think they've played a lot of music. Um, I am impressed with the amount of drums they have. Like they definitely focus on the fact that he's a drummer and the guy who's playing Tommy is faking it pretty good. Um, Tommy has been in an anthrax persistence of time shirt and a, um, cat house Hollywood shirt. Uh, uh, right on. Um, but those are like the two or three times he wore a shirt. <laughs> like, other mm-hmm. than that, he was either in his wife beater or topless. You know, that was uh, that. That was it. But yeah, like now that you say, that, I'm like, I don't, I don't recall a lot of tunes. I really don't. Okay, well, maybe they're like they're focusing on the story as opposed. Uh, yeah, to- it's, it it might be like background music, but like, there's nothing that's jumping out. But I'll, I'll have to pay more attention for these last two episodes when they drop. Right on, right on, right on. Yeah, I don't know the availability of it here. I don't have Hulu. I don't know if it's up on Netflix here and all that. But we we do have a lot of streaming channels. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to have a look for it. Yeah, let's just see what we can find it in Canada. Because it's, I mean, for for, for what we do on this show, just for, for that interest alone, you got to check it out. But mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It, it's fun to watch because, like, there's things you forget about the 90s. You know, like pay phones, dial-up, having to go to an <laughs> internet cafe. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and let's, yeah, that that stuff. Okay, this is how old we really are when that stuff is considered ancient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I see um, Facebook memes and statuses and all that, and they're talking about when the the dial up and all that when the first the internet was first starting to become a thing, and it's like you guys are considering that old. No, nothing is old until it's uh, you know nineteen sixty nine. Right. That's 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 old. You know, nineteen seventy and up is new to me. Like that's just the way I think. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to check it out. Gonna yeah, it's, it. it's worth your time. It's fun. You know, it's it's intense. Uh, like I, I don't want anybody to, to go away thinking like this is totally lighthearted. It's it's very intense. Definitely don't watch with your children around. Right. But it, but it's 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 good and it's it's rock and roll, man. You know. Right on, right on, right on. Like we said, uh, you know, at the beginning of the episode, just wasn't feeling our our annual Valentine's Day massacre idea episode and all that. But we still figured. Okay, we got to do something Valentine's Day type related. We, you know, what 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 can we talk about? And you came up with a very good idea, so I'm going to let you preface this. Well, I said, why don't we talk about our um, like hard rock and heavy metal crushes, right? Because I know mm-hmm. we've had crushes over the years. You know, there there are women in this industry that have captured our hearts and our minds. You know. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be fun for us to talk about our our you know crushes in the metal industry. 
And I, I agreed. That was actually a really good idea. Just with me, though. Okay, and we're like we're kind of old now for the whole idea of crushes and all that. It's just like I think we're kind of beyond that. But when we were younger, this is what you're talking about. You know, when we were when we first discovered, we're, you're probably talking like ages. I don't know, twelve to twenty-five, some somewhere around there, right? Well, yeah, I guess. But like one of my crushes is definitely more recently. <laughs> Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 I want to hear them all. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so let, let's start here. Like, give me what, like, what was your first metal crush, music crush, even? Um, see, I, with that, I didn't have a lot of them because once, once I started, once you started getting in, going into metal full time. It kind of became a sausage fest. There just wasn't a lot of women doing it at 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 that time. Okay, but probably going before that, being a fan of the Runaways and then Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, probably my very first rock and roll crush was Joan Jett. After not not so much during the Runaways, but the first time. I saw the I Love Rock and Roll album cover, and you you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, it's, it's just her. Yeah, it's just her. It just there was just everything about her. Oh, okay, like she she had yeah, she's a very striking woman. Okay, but she just also just seems so cool, <laughs> you know. And now here I am, 50 years old, talking about that that young Joan Jett in her 20s and all that. That Joe Jet is still so cool. <laughs> so I'm okay. glad you're bringing that up, right? Because you know it's so easy, and and we see it so often where it's like, you know, so, oh well, she's pretty, and that's that's that, and you you don't think anything, but like you're focusing on like no no, no. she's cool. Like yeah, it's not it's just, just that she's, she's a pretty woman. Like she plays guitar. She looks badass. Like this is awesome. Like she's rock and roll, man. And and I think that separates the difference between like the crushes that we're going to talk about today and a, and like when somebody's like crushing on a Pam Anderson or crushing on a um who's Jenny McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know. That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. We need I need something more than a pretty face and a big chest. Yes. Yes. And not not that you're opposed so, to those things. I know. I'm all <laughs> for that. I'm actually I'm I'm more of an ass, man. I, I I admit that. But you know, there's a complete package here. And are we talking about and, your dick now? <laughs> and, and she's uh Yeah. she she had everything. She had everything. But yeah. Yeah, it's just the fact, like, she just seemed to have that attitude and all that. Yeah. And, okay, maybe Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, is is credited for making the leather jacket look so good. Well, maybe Easy Rider before them, Marlon Brando and all that. Okay, but I, I don't know, man. I kind of got, when, when I think of someone looking really cool in a leather jacket, oh, I definitely think Joan Jett. Holy jeez. Yes. That's just wow, wow. So yeah, that's probably 
From the best I can remember, my first musical crush was probably had to have been Joan Jett. Yeah. Rock on. Well, so this is very interesting because my first musical crush would have been one of Joan Jett's former bandmates, uh, Lita Ford. Oh, okay. I I will never forget um, the first time I saw her as a centerfold in, I think it was Hit Parader. Um, But she was in this black and silver, like, zip-up jumpsuit. And and I don't even know if I can find the picture now, but it I don't even think the zipper was that low. But she had this belt buckle that said "bitch," right? And so uh. it's this skin tight jumpsuit. It's all like this sparkly, you know, black or black and silver leathery kind of thing. And I can't remember now if it's the warlock or if it was her BC rich bitch. I think it was her warlock. But I just remember seeing her there with the guitar. I'm like. Whoa, who's that? Because you see a woman that looks that good with a guitar that's that badass. And that's the thing. It's like, and I, I don't know if we've ever had this story where I will notice guitars before I notice women. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, but so, I, like, I, I, I see yeah. the guitar. I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. And like, who's that woman? Like, what's going on? And then you find out that she can actually play it because. Let's face it, there's still not a lot of women in rock and roll today that play guitar. So, a woman playing guitar in, you know, back in the 80s, there was that beautiful and wasn't just holding it, right? Because that was a thing, right? You'd have like the, the female singer songwriters that just kind of wear the guitar on stage, right? Um, and that was a big thing like in, in pop and country. And no, she's a shredder. And if you read her autobiography, you know, you you hear about all the times that she was like teaching these other guitar guys like, oh, no, let me show you how you played that riff. You know, like she's a badass on the instrument. And that was just like, wow, like, man, I want to meet a woman like that. Somebody who's that kick ass of a musician. Like, yeah, yeah, because she's just a total badass, you know. You know, I'm kind of the same way with when I'm watching pro wrestling and I'll see like a new, young, pretty girl that's making her debut in whatever federation. And it's like, okay, she looks really pretty, but what's her work rate like? Could she cut a promo? Can she do this? You know, I probably lost a lot of guy points here, but that's kind of what I do. So I can understand when you say, I noticed the guitar first. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is like um, back when I used to go to the NAMM shows, especially in the 90s, um, you know, conventions were big on the the booth babe thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And um, certain companies were worse than others. But there are certain companies that basically have women in um, like thongs and dental floss, you know, like as naked as they could get publicly and get away with it. Let's put it right. that way. Like showing as much flesh possible. And they'd have Playboy bunnies to sign pictures and all that sort of stuff. And that wasn't my thing. You know, I, I wasn't going to go because there was a good looking girl there. Like I want to go because I believe in the product. I believe in the guitar. Now, if the good looking girl also can talk guitars and like really knows her stuff, like not just you know, I memorize this one product I'm talking about, like right. someone who you can tell they're, they're passionate about. It's like, 
Oh yeah, like that's different, and that that's a Lita Ford. Right? That would be Lita Ford. That would be Nita Strauss. That yes, be, yeah, right. Like like girls like that, you know, women like that, where you're like, oh wow, like you're yeah. that good on your instrument, you're passionate about, like, like, oh okay, just go ahead and play for me. You know, would you like me to cook you breakfast? You got it. You know, <laughs> I have no problem being a stay stay at home husband for you. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> you know. And 80s Lita Ford, and I'm talking about, I guess, the third, the self-titled record. when Kid, Oh, Kiss Lita with uh, Close My Eyes Forever? Yeah, yeah. And, and Kiss Me Deadly. That's, Ugh, what, that was her song. third solo record, I believe, yeah. and that was when it really took off. There is such a huge difference just physically. And, okay, she's 10, 10 years older, I guess, or pushing 10 years older. But the last time you saw her in the Runaways, to that point, yeah, it's almost a different person. Yes, <laughs> you know when you kind of saw like the same the the Joan Jet from the Runaways and the Joan Jet from the Blackhearts, you could see it's the same person at first glance. As well, it's just it's just weird how. How Ford has changed so much. Well, you figure it was seventeen to twenty-seven. Oh yeah. Look, look, yeah, look at anybody's senior picture in high school. Look at them ten years later. Oh, definitely. You know. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So yeah, good choice. Good choice. Yeah, like, uh, lead a Ford fan myself as part of the Runaways. Not really too much. You know, up until I met my wife, she had all of Lita Ford's solo stuff and all that. That's how it's in our collection now. Right on, right on. Kind of this, the the same area. And this is really my only other crush in the music world. I'm going to kind of get into some various different others because I got some really cool stories to go with them. But um, Lee Aaron. Do you know who Lee Aaron is? I I know we talked about her on the show, and I can't remember. Right, right. Well, she is, she's you know her her second solo record, well her second record, was called Metal Queen. She is the Canadian. Yes. She is the the Canadian Metal Queen. That yes. record took off. Um, I guess it was nineteen eighty five, eighty six. It's hard to believe. It's been that 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 long now and she, yeah she is like the doro pesh of of canada maybe a little more melodic a little more commercial than warlock was but that's that's just kind of kind of a comparison well she is she was the metal queen in canada and she like she just had the complete package not only was she just this absolutely beautiful woman who really uh, she, I'm sure she regrets it now, but she, when she was younger, she did a spread for Wee magazine. What's Wee? Yeah, I think it's a French. Oh, French type Playboy, right? Oh, like oh. when you like when you're saying Wee, I was saying like W E, and then you're like oh, no, no O U I, O U I, yes, 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 and she 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 did that spread which i still haven't seen these pictures and i i'm sure all i got to do is google it but i'm just not that interested in seeing lee aaron like that 
Okay. Just, yeah, it ruins yeah. the mystique sometimes. It it, it 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 kind of does, and ever and I've since I've since kind of like we haven't had her on the show. I have, we haven't in, in haven't interviewed her yet, but I have met her a couple of times doing the merch booth thing and all that. And she's just she's just been a fantastic person every time, you know. So that just kind of enhanced the crush that I had back in nineteen eighty five eighty six with with her and yeah it's it's definitely a, a bucket list interview i honestly don't know why we haven't had her on at some point in the last 15 years we've been here yeah when you get a chance just google lee aaron metal queen or whatever particularly find the metal queen album okay because it looks like she should be on the cover of a man of war record oh, rock on okay, okay. yeah <laughs> yeah with the swords and the fur yeah. and and all that yeah yeah and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about so yeah for me music wise crushes back then joan jett and lee aaron yeah well so here here's my more recent crush okay and this is one that i really didn't expect because um you know how we would go and do face-to-face interviews and things like that and um with iron city rocks um, we would go do the mayhem festivals that would come through, right? And the one year, um, Huntress is playing. Ah, and right. uh, Butcher Babies were also playing. So we had a set of interviews with the Butcher Babies, <laughs> you know, and everybody was just drooling over the Butcher Babies, right? Uh huh. And then um, we had Huntress, you know, and the thing is, like, you know, at, at this stage of my life. I am married. I have children. Um, I, I work another job where, like, I know how to maintain professionalism. So, right, I, I'm not going to go here and like Google some woman that you know everybody else might be right. And you know, Huntress Jill Janice, she was a professional model, right? So she's even used to being Googled, right? Because because that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing that she did, but. So we go there and I sit down and I talk to her and because I really want to hear about the music and that she wrote with Lemmy. And she's somebody who, yes, she's an attractive woman, but it, she wasn't somebody where I was like, oh, whoa. You know, it, it, it wasn't that immediate like, oh, you know, the, the gushing kind of thing, you know. Right, right. Um, and then I start talking to her. And the more we talk... Like that's where where I I I bet you at one point like I probably did look like a doe-eyed kid because <laughs> you know when I find out that you know um, she was classically trained in opera as a thirteen-year-old but she was also um, you know into metal and all this sort of stuff and I'm like oh my goodness somebody else that has a similar background to me like I, like oh. And, you know, you're into this and that. You're a woman. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, man, if I wasn't married right now, oh, my goodness. You know? Oh, yeah. There's there's a couple of times, yeah. you know, when I'm doing interviews, you know, and I might not have the crush thing, thing going on, but I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, if I was single, I'd be taking my shot right after oh, this interview. Absolutely. You know, and I would, yeah, I'd, I'd be like... Whatever I have to do to win her heart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I would have because I mm-hmm. was just I was so enamored with her after that interview. I mean, 
it was just with every word, I'm like, wow, you just keep getting cooler and cooler and cooler. And oh, cooler. yeah. Yeah. She's and fantastic. She was when, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. When she died, I was so heartbroken, Zoe. Mm-hmm. Like, me like too. That, that really hurt me. You know, because mm-hmm. like, like I just, I, I told you, I just, I basically fell in love with her <clears> at that moment. And when I found out that she died, I went and pulled up the picture that we took together and I would just look at it and I'm like, why? You know, it was, it was so hard. And it's, it's not like I knew her more than that interview, you know, but it was, it's just, just like, like, I was just so impressed with her as a person and everything that she did. You know, you just, you, you fall in love with a person's spirit kind of thing, you know? Oh, for sure. For and sure. it was just so hard. And then all the stuff that I read later, and I don't know if it's still out there, um, but Psychology Today, she had done an article about her disassociative identity disorder, I think, is what it, okay. is, is what it was called, where she would basically be a different person and lose parts of her life. You know, okay. And it it was one of those things where she'd have these weird experiences, and she really didn't put two and two together till the one morning she woke up and her breasts were bigger, and oh, okay. didn't and had no recollection of the surgery. And she's like, ah. "Where the hell did these come from?" Oh, you know. Okay. And that's when she started seeking help and stuff, and. That that is the hard hard part. I mean, she was she was a huge proponent for mental health, right? Mm-hmm. You know, having struggled her own battles, um, she was a huge proponent for sobriety. I believe she was Nita Strauss's uh, sponsor. Oh, right? okay. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like like, dude, she was just she was such a great woman. Mm-hmm. Such yeah, a great yeah. woman, and gone way too soon. Yeah, yeah, you know? I yeah, I. She was, yeah, my, yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. All I really had was that afternoon with her doing the interview for the show and hanging out a bit and all that. But yeah, I knew like this, this person was, was, was really special. Yeah. 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 And when you're talking about the butcher babies, okay. Yeah. I know. I never had the, the crush thing going on, but I remember meeting them. I, I never interviewed them. Our, our, our former co-host, Rock, he was the one that interviewed them a couple times in person and, and on the phone and all that. But when I had a chance to meet the ladies from the Butcher Babies, I introduced myself and, you know, you've been on the show and all that. Just talking to them face to face. Okay. Uh, you're, you're just kind of like, uh, uh, because, yeah, they were just total smoke shows and you're just you're trying to maintain your composure you're trying to be cool and all that because like this is what we do we have to be cool we have to be professional (laughs) you know so when but afterwards you know when see you later we'll have you on the show again blah 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 afterwards i turn the corner and i'm just like what's my name (laughs) what's my name where am i like oh my god yeah that's oh oh, and that's 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 part of that's part of the fun of doing this as well i remember being face to face with christina scabia from uh from lacuna coil i wasn't interviewing her or anything but i was helping backstage 
and I ran into her. We kind of turned. We were in the, the the back hallways of the venue. I turned the corner. She turned the corner. I almost bumped into her, and like boom, we were face to face. Okay, and she just put out this big smile and said hi, you know, and I said <laughs> hi back. But the whole time, you ever seen um, Bugs Bunny? Okay, yeah. When uh, Bugs sees the female rabbit, and oh, you can yeah, see yeah. his heart. Boom, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. For for the for that split second, there, Snowy's heart was boom, boom, boom. Well, I almost I almost knocked her over. <laughs> all that it just oh, that's just a story that that yeah, I'll I'll, I'll never forget. But the same thing with Alyssa White Glues from now in Arch Enemy. Before she was uh, before joining Arch Enemy, she was uh, the vocalist for the Agonist. Oh yeah, and no, we haven't spoken to her yet, and all that. Like we have, we've had Arch Arch Enemy on, but we had we had Michael Amott on. That's a bucket list interview for sure. Um, but just meeting me, meeting her when the egg when the agonist came through, and yeah, she's this beautiful woman. But it's just like she's really cool too. Okay, and from now, from what I've seen. You know, now she kind of has a bit of the rock star thing going on, unless we just kind of caught her on a bad day, which, okay, let's give her that, you know, but when she was younger and what I saw in The Agonist, it's like, ah, oh yeah, this one's really cool. Different time, different place, I would have taken my shot that <laughs> night, that that night. It was the perfect setting and and everything. And why not? I, you know, I could talk to women. You know, I do it all the time, and there's no reason why, you know, and especially doing stuff like this, doing interviews, it gives you that confidence to talk to quote unquote celebrities. So yeah, I definitely would have, uh, I definitely would have take, taken the shot. But growing up, you know, in my teens and all that, it really didn't like my crushes were kind of in other areas. Okay, and I kind of got some cool stories to go with them. Unless you've got, give me another one. I I have one more. <clears throat> okay, and and this one would be somewhere in the nineties, um, but it would have been uh, Cole Chambers' bassist Reina. Oh yes. Um, I just I remember seeing her perform live, and I believe the venue is Club Laga. I'm just like, wow. And because again, there's not a lot of women playing instruments, not a lot of women playing rock and metal. And to see somebody who is not only attractive, but also good at what she's doing, like that's what pushes it over, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And, uh, and, and, you know, like watching shows like that, you understand why there's not more women doing it because the men that were trying to grab her and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, one of their stage hands, um, was like literally throughout the show fighting guys off. Wow. Like, like throughout the show. And I'm just sitting there watching this like, oh, what, a, you know, just like, what, what the hell, you know? And I remember later we're, we're talking about, and the, and the guy happened to have his, his hair, Died like a like a bright purple, so he was also very easy to spot anywhere in the club, right? 
Mm-hmm. But um, afterwards, um, me and the guys I went to the show with, we we went to you know grab something to eat after the show, and we're talking about it. He's like, "Yeah, you remember when that guy kept um, defending Reyna?" I'm like, "Oh, you mean her purple-headed warrior?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody just paused because until I said it, nobody put that together. <laughs> Uh, how do you not get disillusioned like you're a female artist and having guys like pawn at you oh, and God, all that like how, how like how you not like just say uh i don't want to go up on stage anymore you, you know like i i remember i i obviously wasn't there but the the, the famous story with l7 okay oh, they, 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 they had that okay well they had the the one festival that they were at and I can't remember which one it was, but she was wearing a skirt. And all the guys front row kept trying to look up her skirt. Oh jeez. Okay. Well it was also that time of the month. Oh my uh, uh, Okay. So she's okay. got the ta- she's got the tampon in there. Okay. Okay. And so she got to the point where she just lifted her skirt and said, Okay, guys, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, wow you know? and then they were like oh, okay yeah, never mind it's like god like you guys like i don't know maybe just because i've just got respect for women you know is beautiful like we see beautiful I, we interview and we hang out with these beautiful musicians all the time i just i couldn't be that way I, I was afraid this was going to be like a really gross story. Like, oh, no. I'm, I'm like, oh, God, what happened? You know, and, <laughs> and now, now I'm like, oh, okay, good for her. Because yeah. that goes yeah. back to what we talked about last week with all the, the dudes that can't handle um, a woman being on her period. And I'm like, if you can't talk about that, then get your dick out of there. Right. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Currently. Okay, any, anyone, and I don't even, like I said, I'm too old for this, but Erin Miklo. Who's Do you that? know who Erin Miklo is? She is a model, okay, and she also has her own YouTube program where she interviews bands. She's a punk rock model. She's mostly noted for her Liberty Spikes in her hair. Okay, and I'm okay. a big fan. I'm I'm a big fan of her. Even on my uh, my Pinterest, I have my own Aaron Miklo board. And oh, I forgot about your Pinterest. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have my own Miklo board, and yeah, she's really striking. But she's also she seems really really cool as well. And it's not just I've seen a lot of her pictures. You know, modeling not just in her punk outfit and her in her spikes and all that but just being just a regular model it's like holy geez like is this the same person like wow either way really really striking and i'm just a big fan of her if i ever get the opportunity okay for a manitoba metal fest or something like that i i I would even pay you know, to have her brought in just to sign autographs or to host the event, to introduce bands or whatever. Like, I, I would shell that out myself. Like, just to have her up here, like, for a personal appearance and all that. 
So that would be a lot of fun. And just like, you know, crushes in general. Okay, yeah, I've had them and all that, but they've kind of been out. Most of them have kind of been outside in different areas, particularly actresses. Well, I was just going to mention, I think my probably longest running would have been Princess Leia. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course, because we were how old, you know, like she was there. At the exact right time. When we started. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When we started noticing women for sure. And it's not just Princess Leia, but it's there's Wonder Woman. Oh, to yeah. this day, to this day, I read the Wonder Woman comics and love the movies, and just the, the whole character is absolutely amazing. Well, and we got to grow up with seventies Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like we've since I remember, <laughs> I remember when the video stores were a thing, and Mrs. Snowy, she was all excited. You know what I want to do when next time we're in the video store? I want to rent the first season of Wonder Woman. Because I used to love that series when I was a kid and all that. We got about through the first episode. Okay. And she's like, turn this off. Oh, it's hard to watch. So bad. But I loved it. (laughs) No, no, you can go in the other room. I'm watching this. I am I am down for this. And it has not aged well. No. But it was still so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we there was there is those key key figures for the lack of a better term. Once we started to get to that point where we were noticing women, um they were there just like Joan Jett, just like Lee Aaron was. Yeah. As well. But a little bit later on, okay, like I I still not really a crush, but uh, Linnea Quigley, the horror film actress, the, the 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 queen, the scream queen, the queen of the bees from the eighties, Night of the Demons, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Swarty Babes in the Slime Bowlerama. There's just, you know, she she was it. Well, she was trash in your she favorite Return of the Living Dead, Dead, right? For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and she's just once again. Very beautiful, you know. But I'm glad you bring her up, right? Because I started thinking about her um, after watching the Pam Anderson thing, and just thinking, I'm like, okay, like this is what Pam Anderson was going through, and her show was pretty mainstream. I'm like, what the hell did a Lene Quigley go through? I mean, she was naked for pretty much. All that movie. Oh, yeah. She's got a lot of stories. Like when she, her first couple films and all that, where she didn't know that you can, you can request a closed set, you you, you know, like, sure, it's just the actors and the director and a cameraman, everyone else out because there's going to be a nude scene. Oh, rock on. She's had many stories where she didn't know that at first. I didn't know that. Okay. And she said there was times there's people that she never saw at all the whole time until there was a nude scene <laughs> all of a sudden all of a sudden there's <sighs> like 50 people on set you know that's yeah yeah how how do you not get jaded and angry yeah that? i had the good fortune of meeting quigley all all really? of the 
these actresses that um, I'm going to be talking about now. Yeah, we, uh, Mrs. Snowy and I, we took a trip to Toronto for uh, one of the Fangoria Weekends of Horror Festivals conventions. And because she was going to be there, there was another, just Tom Savini and Herschel Gordon-Lewis were also going to be there for Horror Film Fanatics and all that. But I admit it, like I wanted to meet Linnea Quigley. That's the main reason why we went down there. And I was fortunate enough during her Q&A segment, because she was so big in return of the living dead she invited a whole bunch of people a bunch of guys on stage to do their best zombie impression oh that's awesome. well i was up there instantly of course i want to be on stage with 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 linnea for sure so i kind of i sold it i did my zombie impression and then i kind of fell down and rolled off the stage <laughs> Okay, she thought it was an accident, but no, I'm I'm really ha- I'm really ha- hamming it up. After after her Q and A and all that, Mrs. Snowy and I, we ran into her in one of the lobbies at the hotel, the adjoining hotel. Oh, rock on, cool. She was married to FX artist uh, Steve Johnson. Okay. At the time, they met on the Night of the Demons, um, set. And uh, Steve Johnson also worked on the Ghostbusters movie. Oh, rock on. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, Mrs. Snowy and I were hanging out with the Johnsons at the time. And as much as I enjoyed meeting and hanging with Quigley, I was also, I'm talking to Steve fucking Johnson here. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I spent more time talking to Steve. And my wife spent more time talking to Linnea. They're talking girl, girl things. Yeah. And we're talking about movie things. Uh, but I, and I, I talking to I'm talking to Johnson, but I can hear the conversation beside me. Oh, are you two related? No, I guess you're engaged. Where's your ring and all that? And well, it's coming. We're going to get engaged. We're and all this. She was so happy for us. Aww. Yeah, yeah. And of course, just. Just hanging with her was absolutely fantastic. She actually said, hey, you're the guy that fell off the stage, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, it was was absolutely fantastic. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, she was an absolute real doll. Does she have a book out? Um... Like an autobiography or something? Yeah, what was it called? Yeah, one came out. Okay. Oh, it's years, I, years. I want to read that because I I want to read about the shit that she had to put up with. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And she's never, she's never hidden it, you know. Yeah, and now she's she's still she's still doing it. And when you see her now, like you know, like Return of Living Dead, that was like night nineteen eighty five. Night of the Demons was nineteen eighty nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She she still looks still looks fantastic and she's still acting. That's in fantastic. horror. I'm sure she's still she's not doing any of the nudity or anything like that. I think you know, when you get to a certain age you really don't want to be doing that and, anymore. But I'm glad she's still working and I'm I belong to like Linnea Quigley fan club Facebook pages and all that. And when you see her with you know, with uh other actresses 
the other scream queens from that time, the Michelle Bowers, the Brinky Stevens and all that. And you see that they're still friends today. It warms the heart. Oh yeah, dude. You know, absolutely. For sure. For sure. sure. Were you familiar with Smallville at all? Oh yeah. The, The TV show Smallville. We didn't like, I knew what it was. Okay, but for one reason or another, we just really weren't... I would just catch the odd episode here and there. But we really weren't making it an an all-the-time thing until season four, when Lois Lane first showed up. And of oh, course, Erica Durance, her? Erica er, 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 Durance, yes. Like, she's... She first showed up, and we saw the promo clip for it, and like Mrs. Snowy and I, we just looked at each other, and it's like, oh, wow, we have to tune into this. If that's the new Lois Lane, okay, because not only was she beautiful, but she just, from what we saw in that clip, you know, this is, it's time to get on board with the show. Yeah. Full time. And the three of us, myself, my wife, my daughter, just as a family, we just fell in love with Erica Durance. Like we we tuned in together and just just loved her. We had the opportunity, okay, to meet Erica at one of the uh, pop culture conventions. Rock on. Yeah, yeah. So we actually have a picture somewhere of myself and my daughter with with Durant's okay and it's just like the whole time I'm trying to be cool because I'm with my wife and daughter and all that but I'm face to face with her now <laughs> you know so like uh, yeah yeah so I just I just let her talk to my daughter the most because that's who she wants to talk to yeah you know so I'm just going to kind of stand stand back, enjoy meeting her, getting the picture and all that. And she's she's a good Canadian girl, too. Oh, no way. Yeah, I think people kind of forget that. How I like to bug my wife, though, pre-Smallville, Durance was in a movie called House of the Dead, a zombie movie. Okay. Which was shot in Canada. It featured Biff Naked as well. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have this movie on, on DVD, and I never I never really put the two of them together until after I started reading about the new Lois Lane in the, in the science fiction magazines and all that. It's like, holy jeez, she was in House of the Dead. She was the naked skinny dipper. In House of the Dead. Okay, it was right after that. Yeah, I did go and pull out my old yeah. my DVD copy of it. And it's like, oh, this is right on. Now, to kind of bug my wife, because I'm kind of a smart ass. I don't no, know. you? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like to say, I mean, Smallville is good. But her best role was House of the Dead. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, that's because you saw her titties. <laughs> oh, and Snowy's I, back. <laughs> I, do, I, I do the same thing with Lucy Lawless from Xena. Did you ever watch Xena? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love okay. Lucy Lawless and Xena. Oh, okay, Xena was one of our favorite programs as oh, well. Fantastic, we yeah. It, we watched it together as a family. I like to... 
and she knows how much we love that program and we have a poster of Xena on our wall here right 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 behind me and and, and everything same thing I like to say to my wife okay Xena was good but her best role was the Sparta series because you saw nudity you saw her naked oh I I honestly didn't even know that she ever did anything naked oh yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've only <laughs> known her as Xena and other badass women yeah, yeah. Well, she was also in the Ash versus Evil Dead series as well. Oh, rock on. Well, you know my favorite role that I've ever seen her play? Oh, okay. It's uh, when she plays Madame Vandersex in Eurotrip. Oh, you know what? I never saw that. Oh, even... okay. You need to see oh, okay. Eurotrip. Because, I need to see that. Yeah, you're not going to be any smarter by watching it. Um <laughs> But it's no. one of those movies no. that's just stupid comedy. Um, again, lots of male nudity. Like I was, pr- I was proud of them. It was pretty even, I would say, between the male and female nudity in that one. But uh, lots of penises. Okay, um, well that's not that's not a selling point. But uh, I think Lucy Lawless is definitely a well, selling point. Well, and she, like, they go to Amsterdam, and the one kid's looking for a sex club. You know, he's like, oh, I want to go to like a brothel. And she's playing the proprietor of this brothel. And I don't want to ruin the rest of it for you because you will just be in tears watching the, these events unfold. But, okay. um, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's one of her best roles. And you get to watch for the outtakes at the end. Where oh, okay. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so good, dude. Yeah. Speaking about Xena, yeah. as much as I love the show, Okay. Renee O'Connor, though. Gabrielle. Oh, Gabrielle! Side, side oh, I loved her. Oh, she was so me sweet. Too. Me too. I, yes. Okay. I will admit it, even though I was an adult. Okay. Yeah. I, I had the torch. I had the torch for well, Renee. She was O'Connor. the girl next door. She was like, she oh, was. she's so adorable. Oh, she yeah. was. She was. Just a couple years ago, before the, the whole pandemic hit. They, for the Comic-Con here in Winnipeg, they brought Renee O'Connor in. No. Yeah, yeah. This this was just about three years ago, and I'll never forget it, because I, I'm now at the point where I don't have, a, or at least I'm very good at hiding it. Yeah, I'm kind of marking out a bit. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm about to meet Renee O'Connor and all that. She's, she's so cool, and I touch a crush on her, and, you know, I'm... I waited so long for this. When I got up to the booth, okay, um, and I'm talking with her, you know, and it the whole the whole conversation was really easy for me, okay, because I've done this, okay. Now my wife, though, who is about three or four steps behind me with our with our daughter, my daughter went over and said hi to her already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all that. Mrs. Snowy is just kind of, because she's such a big Xena fan, like she couldn't just bring herself to go over and say hi. She was just really shy, really. Aww. And that was the very, that's the only time I've ever seen her do that. I've seen, I've seen her go and meet Kevin Sorbo, Hercules. Okay. I've seen her go up and meet, um, What's his name? Spike from Buffy. Oh, James Marsters. James, Love James him. Marsters. Dude, yes. he's 60. 
Really? That's how old I feel all of a sudden. I'm like, when did Spike turn 60? When did he become 60? Jeez. Yeah, but then again, Buffy was a long time ago now. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, but yeah. I try not to think about that. Yeah, Spike yeah. is well. 60. <laughs> and, like, the last thing I saw him in, he, it's like, he's like another Dick Clark. He never ages. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. Definitely seems that way. Yeah, so no matter what, no matter what we tried, O'Connor herself was telling my wife, come on, come over, come, you know, I want to talk to you and all yeah. that, but she just, she just, she just, she just couldn't. I thought, That's so I thought adorable. Gonna, yeah, I thought she was going to faint <laughs> or That's whatever. So I'll never forget that, and I'll, I'll never forget. I don't know what, how I was able to contain myself just from, you know, Telling her <laughs> everything. <laughs> okay, see, I'm getting a little flushed now about it. Fortunately, I was able to to keep keep my cool back then. So yeah, those are you know memories that I'll I'll always remember. You know? I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about we make some more memories now by getting into some cool tunes? Here, um, Hammerheart Records recently re-released um, 80s German meddlers Heir Apparent, their record, A Graceful Inheritance. And dude, not only did that record sound awesome back then, it sounds even better now. This is Heir Apparent with Tear Down the Walls.
Does the 80s hardcore band Life Sentence mean anything to you? Nope. No, okay. When you see their logo, okay, you'll go, oh, right, right. Because all of your favorite bands from the 80s, Metallica, DRI, Megadeth, and all that, you'll see them wearing the the Life Sentence logo t-shirt, stickers on their guitars. They were just one of those influential 80s hardcore bands. That was Life Sentence from their debut self-titled album. First song aside one that was Problems. Great stuff, great stuff. I I love doing that. I love, you know, dropping that going going back into the snowy vaults and finding the life sentence finding the forgotten rebels the negative approach those type of hardcore bands from from ye from yesteryear god man that was such a great great era so so much awesome music came out from that and i like to think that we're uh we're we're keeping it alive in 2022 in our own special way so when you get the opportunity check out some a life sentence well my friend another awesome episode in the books i gotta say this has uh been a lot of fun to get us on out of here though um it was just recently announced June 22nd, here in the Park Theater, up here in Weenipeg, in the Great White North, um, Primitive Man is coming back. We've had that band on the show, and I'm sure when they come through town, we'll have them on again. One of the support acts, a couple of the support acts, actually, just recently we played uh, Mortifium. Mortiferum. They've, they're going to be on the bill. As well, I was pleasantly surprised to see that Body Void is coming to town as well. So to whet our appetites for that, let's go out with a track from there. Bury Me Beneath This Revolting Earth record. Let's go with the track Wound. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org. That's all the stuff. Go there. There's all the back episodes. Interact, download, share, whatever, what have you. Um, You can find us everywhere fine podcasts are distributed. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Store, even Spotify. But on Spotify, we're there thanks to the fine folks, the Shining Wizards Network. So if you check out Shining Wizards Network on Spotify, um, we have, um, you know, continued to put our uh, our podcast there. In fact, um, we keep threatening to keep releasing episodes until Spotify does something about misinformation. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> see see we won't pull our episodes we will give you more yeah yeah that's we're, right. we're gonna start doing two episodes a week that's until right. they address this problem that's right that's right we'll teach them <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. like no we can't take it <laughs> okay okay whatever you want just go away exactly right so <clears throat> and again we are proud members of the shining wizards network shiningwizardsnetwork.com 
Um, let's see here. At RadMetal666 for Twitter and Instagram. Although I rarely tweet there. Like, I always say I'm going to get better. It's never happening. Uh, don't hold your breath. But Instagram, that's a fun place. Mm-hmm. And Facebook.com slash RadMetal. Drop us a line, RadMetal666 at gmail.com. And I believe that's all the stuff. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Once again, um, wish wish Mrs. Aaron a uh, very happy Valentine's Day. And I will to Mrs. Snowy for you. Because, like, Valentine's Day... Like it's 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 for the ladies. Like we don't care. Like as guys, like like whatever. Like at this point, like birthdays, Valentine's Day, anniversaries, and all that. For us, it's just guaranteed action. That's it. That's it. For for the ladies, it actually means something a, a little more. So, yeah, I'm taking her out. You know, on Valentine's Day, gonna sweep her off her feet again. Have a grand old night. And we'll get back again next week. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a crushing episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off. (laughs) 